You are listening to Cobs and Spikes, a podcast from the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center, CIMIT. I'm your host, Mary Donovan. This is a space where we break down complex science into bite-sized, audio-rich explainers. We have real conversations with experts from around the world who are innovating in the fields of agriculture, food security, and nutrition. And we listen to stories that link CIMIT's research with real-world applications. In this episode, we will hear from Carolina Rivera on what it means to be a woman in agricultural science working on one of the world's biggest problems, how to feed a growing planet. Demand for wheat is predicted to increase 70% by the year 2050. As demand for wheat is increasing, so are challenges to wheat production. New and more aggressive pests and diseases, diminishing water resources, Limited available land and unstable weather conditions due to climate change present risks for the crop. Carolina Rivera is working to solve this problem. A wheat physiologist at CIMIT and data coordinator with the International Wheat Yield Partnership, she works to identify new traits in wheat, aiming to boost grain number and yield. Carolina is also one of the recipients of the 2019 Jeannie Borla Globe Women in Triticum Early Career Award. Well, this is the first time I receive an award of this kind, so I was very surprised and very happy that my application was considered in the top five, because there were were five awards, but especially after reading all the amazing profiles of former WIT awardees, and also it meant a lot because my application was strongly based on capacity building, so not just science per se, so I felt very glad that this was valued by the WIT team. Finally, I'm also very excited to attend the VGRI technical workshop next year. It will be in Norwich in the UK. This is the place where lead breeders and scientists will update the global wheat community on wheat grass research. And it's uh, this wheat pathology is not what I do, but it's a subject that I know it's very important and I, I really want to learn more about it. And I expect to see a lot of women <laughs> at the meeting as well. Could we talk a little bit more about capacity building and what work you have done mm-hmm. in this? Yes, I, I was I was a, a PhD student in physiology from 2011 to 2016 during my PhD. So basically all my career has been in CIMIT. Like I started as an internship when I was doing my bachelor's since 2009 so then when I finish I work as a junior consultant in preparation for the PhD then so I did the PhD uh, then I work as a consultant again for a one and a half year and then the postdoc so during all these stages I've been involved in training uh, mainly for with phenotyping and data management now so we receive uh, students from local universities in Oregon, the trainees from the Breed Wheel Improvement Course. There is something really key to me because I really enjoy teaching and sharing. So I highlighted that in the application because I think it's really important and I mean, that's something I, I would like to continue doing. Have you experienced challenges as a woman working in agriculture or in science? 
from the situations that are that can represent a big challenge for women that I am aware I would say not luckily no like for example harassment like direct harassment in the workplace but that being said I think both men and women have preconceptions of what men and women roles and capacities are so I think that that can have an effect in people's decisions comments actions that I that I'm probably I'm not aware of in the everyday basis and in that regard maybe I have been in situations where I've heard some unnecessary comments from people that probably build up sometimes but I would yeah I wouldn't say directly what kind of changes do you think we need to make as a community of agriculture to help women overcome some of these challenges or eventually eliminate the challenges? I would say the first one would be to help women identify in these situations where they have been put in a disadvantaged position just for the fact of being women. Because we can think these are obvious situations, but that's not always the case. So secondly, will be to teach women about the options they have to, to react when these situations happen. And of course, as a community, to make them feel safe about speaking out. So reassuring them with example that there won't be consequences right about, about raising these issues. I think it would be great if we can include gender equality education in young girls and boys, for example, in public schools. So to make this raises uh, subjects earlier uh, and in addition I'm, I'm not an expert but to make science a better life work balance environment uh, more appealing to women where they can develop as professionals but also in their personal lives especially as mothers for example in Mexico there's no such a thing as paternity leave not even as a concept I, I don't think people are I'd see this as a possible thing so of course women have to stay home and I think in this I mean this this is just an example but I think both men and women as a couple should have options to decide what's the best for both and lastly I think it's very important to make some sort of law or recommendation at least for universities research centers and companies to invest in improving their gender balance so through the implementation of strategies to attract more women into into these fields and why is it important that we have women working in agricultural science? Well, firstly, I think because it's necessary and it's fair, as we represent half the population in the world, and if institutions avoid hiring women or puts a lot of obstacles on their careers, they are missing a lot of talents, new ideas, and energy. Uh, and secondly, I think women should participate more in science to show that agricultural research is an area where various ideas and perspectives are necessary but to achieve this in the long run as I said policies need to look at the current social and cultural pra practices holding back advancement of women in their careers. Do you have any advice for women interested in this field? I think sometimes I think about that to me like why can I advise me? Yeah I think I mean be carried by passion by what what they love and just be strong don't don't let people to tell you you can't do it something because you're women and probably that's easily said but but that's the truth i mean you when you do it and then you face a challenge as we were saying then you learn and you grow but i think the main advice will be don't be quiet 
if you experience some challenge that you shouldn't because you're a woman or or some harassment some discrimination and I struggle with that even myself but just speak up yeah don't don't think it's normal this is not and I as well I guess to get because there are you know these scenarios where you're not sure if if it's a discrimination or it's not or if it's harassment or it's not so one advice that I give to myself as well is just get informed probably attend a workshop or read it online or whatever is the best resource you think but get informed into what are the most common types of of these harassments or scenarios that are not advantageous to you as a woman in particular and if then if you do experience something like that then speak up so now i want to talk a little bit more about you and how you got where you are now so how did you originally become interested in working in agriculture when I was uh, at university doing my first degree I used to relate agriculture more as a profitable activity but did not stop to think that we actually depend on agriculture to live and a lot of people depend on that as a as a main activity so I'm originally from Oregon so I remember knowing Oregon is where the main wheat experimental station is in Mexico. So I remember knowing about the presence of CIMIT and and other national research centers in my city, but but I was I didn't really understand the real importance of and the impact of the research coming from these institutions. So when I first joined CIMIT as an intern, the whole, whole new area of opportunities opened to me. I started to learn more uh, about the threats of climate change on food production, the gap between experimental yields and the actual farmer's field yields. I learned also about the CGR centers, for example, uh, the work done in national research centers such as INIFAP, that is a Mexican one. And then I realized how much impact science can have in national and food level security. And, and the more I learned, uh, about all of this, my interest in agriculture grows by the day. Why is wheat important to you? Well, first, I love bread. <laughs> well, who doesn't, right? So, wheat is the one of the three uh, major staple crops in the world, along with maize and rice. So, you can imagine that a good proportion of the calories intakes around the globe come from wheat products. Uh, it is the second most important crop in the developing world after rice. And considering climate change, wheat in particular is very sensitive to increases in temperature. Uh, yield potential is, by the way, is the yield that, that it grows in the absence of stress. So for every degree, Celsius degree increase in temperature, the yield will decrease around 10%. So in summary, there's a lot of people that depend on this crop, and I think... Uh, there's a lot of potential for science to face these challenges and if I can contribute a little bit, yeah, that would make me happy. And how does this data collection and data management, how does this contribute to food security? I think the main point will be that there are so many efforts done around the world into, of course, into ensuring food security probably related to management, for example, land management, socioeconomics, research itself in, in, you know, the genetics of the plants, adaptation to environments, uh, etc. So there is a lot of joint efforts, but 
sometimes the data is not centralized, it's not easily accessible or is not standardized, it's not in a way that whoever can see it can understand it. So I think if there is a joint effort to increase yields in this case for for wheat, and all these projects uh, reflect to a, a part of the of the research that can increase yields. For example, one is about photosynthesis, the other one is about like the work I did with allocating this bi- extra biomass into the grains. The other one is introducing new genes to to the wheat plant to increase particular processes, etc. So all this all this work, it's joined in a way because I mean they know the project. They know when they assign the projects, <clears throat> they know what is missing, what is best to to fund. But if at the end the data is, you know, in in each one's laptop, then it's probably harder to collaborate. What ideas in your work would you like to explore further? Mm, well, from my PhD, uh, we propose new traits to optimize the location of resources to the grain. So I would like to evaluate these traits in new wheat germoplasm. Um, this can help, hopefully can help expanding diversity towards increasing yield potential. And I would also like to get more involved in, in with physiology research for drought tolerance. It's something I want to do. And as I mentioned before, I'm very passionate about capacity building. So I would like to contribute to streamline uh, capacity building for graduate students in Mexico, at least from the senior frontier. Uh, and lastly, uh, I would really like to help my team and the Global Wheat Program to better adopt data management practices to facilitate the exchange of valuable wheat research data. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cobs and Spikes. You can subscribe by searching for Cobs and Spikes on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. In our next episode, we're going to look further into the theme of gender and social inclusion in agriculture with Juan Gonzalo Jaramillo Mejia, project manager and researcher on inclusion, innovation, and social protection.